Yeah. You always got to be thinking with them from their perspective. I'm opening this letter. What's in it for me? Instead of throwing it in the mail or in the garbage, what's in it for me? So, you know, the first sentence has to say, hi, my name is, and uh, I'm an expert in, or I have experience in, and these are the, these are three things that I've done recently. This is very simple language. Mm -hmm. These are three things that I've done recently that I think might be of interest to you. Life is going great until one day you're out of work. No matter how it happened, you need to find a new job, pronto. The problem is, no one ever taught you how to navigate the ever-shifting and ever-changing wasteland of applying for a job in the modern market. I'm Rob Conlon, and here on Recruiting Hell, I help people get jobs. I'm on a mission to help educate 10,000 job seekers on the best ways to get hired in the modern job market. No matter your field, this show is designed to help you level up your job hunting game and escape the many circles of recruiting hell. Step into my studio, and let's get you the hell out of here. This episode of Recruiting Hell is generously supported by our friends at CoinList, one of the fastest-growing companies in the cryptocurrency space. CoinList is hiring. Visit www.coinlist.co slash jobs to apply. Tell them Rob sent you. Welcome back to Recruiting Hell. Episode 51 here continues our conversation with David Perry about the fantastic job search techniques that he's had from his over 45 years of recruiting. Let's join the conversation already in progress. And if you missed the first part, hit the back button and head to episode 50 where we celebrate that wonderful milestone with the first part of this conversation. Thanks for listening. Well, hey, uh, you know, you mentioned those other two techniques which was the the trojan thank you note which is the one i want to move to next which is almost if, if i really dissect it it's almost like psychological warfare which is really it funny is. it's 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 such a the the triggers behind it i think are so neat so tell us a little bit about this this tiny envelope and why dropping one to his prospective hiring manager makes a ton of sense and then tell us a bit more about what's inside that envelope okay so you've got your one page resume. Okay. You got your cover. You got your cover letter. You're going to add one line to the cover letter. Um, what you're trying to do, is, what you're doing with the Trojan thank you note, is you're guaranteeing yourself that the person that opens up your letter and resume are going to be in a great mood. Because there's only two things that come in a three by five inch white envelope. It's a thank you note. Or a party invitation. You'll never get served your divorce papers in an envelope That's that very size. True. Right? <laughs> Nothing else. So we know this from you know from when we were little kids. You know. Yeah. My, my mother would bring it. In, oh, I'm going to a party. This little mm -hmm. envelope, right? So people are automatically smiling when they get this and they're opening. And you, you handwrite it on the front. And sure. Handwrite your return address. Handwrite. Don't put labels on these things, folks. And uh, you open. They open up the card. And inside the card is your resume and your cover letter folded into four. And what, what it says is this. Thank you 
for reading this letter. That's your opening line. The rest of it is your cover letter. Whatever Interesting. your cover letter. But you say, thank you for reading this letter. That's, that's the only major difference. And, and people go, they go, oh, that's so, that's so creative. That's so cute. We've never had anybody blow up on this. We have videos on the site of, I uh, can't remember Gail's last name. Um, she did this on a radio station, and they invited her in uh, for an interview, and they told her ahead of time that uh, we just got to meet you. Um, sure. We hired yeah. some, we've already hired somebody else, but we just got to meet you. This is just so creative. And so she went in. She had the interview. She didn't get the job. And then three weeks later, they called her back and said, uh, the other girl didn't work out. Uh, would you like to work for us? No way. Said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She had to go through the interview process again. Sure. You know, the full, but uh, she got the job. Good so for the, her. The, the, the Trojan thank you card, uh, thank you note works over and over and over again. And, it, you know, it's a great thing for shy people to use. Because shy people don't necessarily want to use, well, you know, not everybody wants to use the, the Starbucks coffee cup caper and pick up the phone and call someone when they get an email that says it got delivered. But using, using the Trojan thank you note, anybody can use that because you don't need to follow it up. They're going to call you. And they're going to be in a good mood when they call you. We've uh, over and over and over again, this is, I, I use it, I mean, I hope there are no recruiters listening to this podcast, please. <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's no better way to get into a new client. Think about this. There's no better way to get into a new client to talk about doing business with them than to use a Trojan thank you note tactic on them. Interesting. You're not looking for a job. You're looking to start a conversation and, and potentially get a deal out of it. All this um, stuff that we talked about, th 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 this isn't, none of this is theory, right? Right. I've been running a, a job search, quote unquote, lab uh, out of my, you know, out of my spare bedroom in the house for, you know, a couple of decades because my friends all rely on me to help them. Right. And my right, best sure. friend, my best friend, I placed him, I think, seven times before I finally made him do it himself. You know, wow. over, 20, over 25 years. Well, that's pretty typical over 25 years. OK, that's fair. And, you know, <laughs> and Kevin was my, you know, my uh, job search dummy. And there's a lot of stuff that we've tried that didn't work. Okay. It really didn't work. This stuff all works. And, you know, and it's easy to do and it's low cost. I mean, the, the Trojan thank you note is what, 50 cents for the card, 39 cents for the stamp? Right. A dollar. You call it a dollar all day. Buck, you got an interview. You got an interview, you know. And that could be that could be huge for somebody, especially if they have, you know, limited resources. I mean, yep. thinking about, you know, coffee cup caper and, and I'm not putting any critique towards it, but to get cups and and a box and, and things like that and then fedex it to somebody that's not exactly you know pennies it's dollars it's 15, 15 to 20 bucks right and you know for somebody who may have been out of work for a considerable amount of time and budgets are tight and things like that yep. you know that's not something that maybe is is that right size for what that budget is but what you're talking about now david you know again that's cheaper than driving to the company in most cases that's for and you know knocking on the door so i yep. think that i think that's excellent so I want to ask a couple other things uh, real quick about like the, the contents of that Trojan thank you. And we talked about, you know, what a gorilla resume is and, and that should be in there, right? That should be the one pager yep. with, and, 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 again, and they can Google gorilla resume. And you, and you got can, templates and stuff like that. Uh, 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 all over, all over the web. And they could do uh gorilla marketing for job hunters, or they can say gorilla resume. And if they hit the image sign, when, okay. when the Google res results pop up, 
there are thousands of them there. Great. I mean, people, it, it, since we started doing this 15, you know, a long time ago, um, people have taken, um, you know, the base, the basic ideas we had, and they built on them, like, for more than a decade now. Wow. So there's a ton of stuff, and people don't, you know, people don't even have to worry about, you know, being creative. Because if there's 380 million people in America, and there's 40 million in Canada, there's 420 million people, maybe half a million people have done this. So the majority haven't. Most of these ideas, uh, you'll, most people would never have heard of them. And most people have never tried them or had them pulled on them. So do it. And, you know, when, when these stop when these stop working, I always pledged when they stopped working, I grind out the next series. Yeah, um, totally. But they haven't stopped working. Interesting. Very interesting. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Rob. Sorry. Oh, no, not at all. But, the you know, you're mentioning these these examples online, which I think it's great to be able for somebody who's listening to the show to say, you know, I, I, I like Rob, I like David, but you know what? If I actually go and see this thing for myself, that that's a great, great thing there. Uh, when it comes to the the cover letter, now you said add that sentence at the top. Thank you for reading this letter, which is awesome. In your mind, and this is maybe a little bit of a of a drill into this. If I'm writing somebody a cover letter, what makes a good cover letter that I should be including in this? Like, what what kind of things again? Actionables, I would think, but but what else? So it's uh, you're familiar with WIFM. What's in it for me? What? What's in it for me? Yeah. You always got to be thinking with them from their perspective. I'm opening this letter. What's in it for me? Instead of throwing it in the mail or in the garbage, what's in it for me? So, you know, the first sentence has to say, hi, my name is, and uh, I'm an expert in, or I have experience in, and these are the, these are three things that I've done recently. This is very simple language. Mm -hmm. These are three things that I've done recently that I think might be of interest to you. A, B, C. Just bullet them out. Boom, boom, boom. If, it's, if, if in fact, you are interested, if, in fact, um, any of these uh, accomplishments or uh, projects that I've done are of interest, then um, why don't we have a coffee? Gotcha. And it's, and it's that sincerely, simple. Sincerely, David. And you see... And we know there. We know that the three bullets are, are of interest already. Right, because we've done because that we research. Worked with the newly departed. That you'd is. Be, you'd have to be living under a rock and have the rock on your head, not to go. Oh, geez, <laughs> I gotta call this guy. So they'll, you know, yeah. This just—it's so simple. It just works. It's like when we're giving speeches. Tell people what you're going to tell them. Tell them. And then tell them what you told them. Right, the three part. <laughs> exactly. I use use that all the time. That. I, you don't need a fog machine. You don't need music. You don't need dancing girls. Well, in my case, you might need the dancing girls, but they will pay attention because it's of interest to them. It's very simple. You have a problem, I can fix, and I'm going to tell you how I'm going to do that. And the secret is, if the problem is big enough. Mm -hmm. When they, and it needs to be solved, they're going to hire you. They're going to hire you on a contract. They're going to hire you for a job. But if the problem is big enough, they will hire you to fix it. It is as simple as that, folks. Seriously. Excellent. 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 And, you know, listeners, I think it might be worth your while to hit that back button a few times. That last minute or so of content there was 
pretty, I think, reaffirming for a lot of things for, for people's job hunts that if you have the solution to an employer's problem, it might not even matter if they have a hiring freeze. If you if you can solve the problem, they'll bring you in, right, David? Absolutely. Well, you know, so two things. Absolutely. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing is employers hire people to solve problems. Nobody ever got up in the morning and said, oh, I have an extra $50,000 in my account. What am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to hire somebody for something because that's what I'll do with that money. <laughs> Never happened. Never happened. No. You know, David gets up and goes, oh, my God, I've got to do this, this, this. I'm going to get fired. This is not working. How do I solve that problem? Managers get up every morning with problems they have to solve. That's why they're managers. That's why right. they're directors. That's why they're VPs. They, you know, they got to solve problems for the company or the organization so it moves forward. So find out what the problems are and then tell them, oh, I've fixed that. So, you know, I can sit down and tell you how I did it. You still, Even if you tell them how you did it, chances are you're still gonna, they're still going to need to hire you to do it. Cause right. You've got the operational skills, not yep. the – you can Having communicate it, but maybe you're not able, they're not able to do it. Reading the operations manual is not the same as piloting the Starship. It's as simple as that, right? There's another another one of those graphics there, man. Reading the operations manuals <laughs> not the same as piloting the Starship, but it's true. It's absolutely true. Uh, I know how to drive a stick shift car in theory. Oh, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Grinding those gears. I know, right? Again, the only one, only cars I have to practice on are beautiful classic cars, which is terrible. So I will probably never learn how to drive a stick shift. I know. I, oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dream of it. But anyway. So, David, you know, you have have brought us so much good stuff so far. There was one other big statement that you made the other day that we were talking about that was really interesting to me. We've had a couple of marketing minds on this show. Um, one of them, very, very good friend of mine back, um, 12th episode, uh, Sasha Kennedy. She's a brilliant marketer. And you said to me the other day, uh, actually, she came on for Marketing Yourself 101, and you said the other day that Job Hunting 401 is really marketing 101 Absolutely. and I, how t- tell tell us how this this transition kind of happens between getting better at job hunting and then eventually you transfer almost i would think seamlessly maybe into marketing uh, yeah because what you're trying what marketers try to do is find people that have problems that their product or service is a solution to mm-hmm so they do a lot of research and then they go out and say if you have this problem here's my solution that's marketing job hunting is i write a resume maybe it's short resume maybe it's a long resume but it's black text on white paper right and i hand it out to everybody i possibly can to see if anybody has something that they want want to hire me to do that's that's how job hunting happens now or i talk to as many people as i possibly can to find someone who has knows somebody who knows somebody that may have a job that i want to do imagine if you actually put your marketing hat on or your 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 your, your curiosity bone you tickled it and mm-hmm. tried to find organizations that had problems you did some research to find companies that had problems that you had a solution to that that's marketing research and then marketing is just you know instead of black text on white paper you and for three or four or 25 pages you <laughs> you, you know 
borrow a, um, a staple from marketing. It's called the halo effect. All right. And everybody, when you, when you see a Coke symbol, it brings out certain feelings, especially if you're a Pepsi guy. But same thing. If you see a Pepsi sig symbol or you see a, a, a Nike swoosh, um, you see any symbol that is used for, to represent a company that is well-known and makes you feel good. Hey, listeners, we're going to take a quick break here for some of the business side of running a podcast. These sponsors not only believe in this show, but they may have a product, service, or even an open position that can help you end your job hunt. Give them a listen and drop by their websites in thanks for their help in supporting this show and your work search. Hey, folks, it's Rob. A lot of times on this show, we talk about the power of networking to find a job. Well, networking is exactly how we wound up partnering with our newest sponsor, CoinList. So you're asking yourself right now, Rob, what is CoinList? Well, CoinList is a San Francisco and New York City-based technology company that provides investors with access to the most cutting-edge investment opportunities in the blockchain and cryptocurrency space. On CoinList, investors can access the best new crypto tokens before they list on other crypto exchanges, and it pays to be early in crypto. Now, right now, they have two special offers for listeners of Recruiting Hell. The first, as a Recruiting Hell listener, you'll earn $10 of Bitcoin when you create an account and trade at least $100 worth of assets on the CoinList trading platform. That's right, you heard me, free Bitcoin. Just visit www.coinlist.co slash recruiting hell to get started. The second is something that could end your time in recruiting hell altogether. Coinlist is hiring. You heard me right. Coinlist could be your next great opportunity for work. Excited about cryptocurrency? Got a passion for technology? Find Coinlist's open positions today at coinlist.co slash jobs. That's coinlist.co slash jobs. And when you do, be sure to tell them Rob sent you. We're back. A big thank you to our sponsors for their offerings, as well as you for considering them. On with the show. Well, if you work for a company that, that does something that you know an employer respects, be it you know Coke, be it Nike, you know, be it Budweiser beer, if you throw that logo it could be the school you went to if you throw that logo in full color on the left hand side of your resume mm -hmm. as soon as they see it it evokes feelings you get a good feeling when you see the starbucks logo you get a great feeling when you see uh the nike logo i can go on and on and on and what you're doing is in marketing that's called the halo effect you're benefiting from the great marketing and the good uh, experiences that are associated with that brand. So rather than build your own brand, because that can be hellishly expensive in a long, in a, in, in a long process, you borrow the, the logos from the companies, the brands that you work for, and you put them on your resume. And people will feel good about you. You went to the same school. They would never know that unless they read your whole dull resume right to the bottom and found out you went to the same kindergarten. Went, oh, I remember that kindergarten. Or you can just put the logo there, <laughs> and boom, they're already in a good mood. Got you're it. Set, you're setting the ambiance for the reader. Very I mean, interesting. I, it doesn't get any. It doesn't get any more sophisticated 
or simple than that. I, I remember when I first brought this out in the first uh, Gorilla book, standing on the um, the stage, and I think I was in, I think I was in Chicago, and someone said, "Well, won't we get in trouble putting the logo on our resume?" And I said, "I hope so." Nice. The lady said, the lady said "Why?" And I said, "Honey." This is where I get disrespectful, right? I said, honey, but I got away with it. I said, honey, if you put a logo on your resume and your company comes after you to sue you, you've got to let me know. Because I'll make sure every major television station is at your house that night. <laughs> You'll get a job. Somebody will hire you. And then I looked at her and I said, seriously, no one has ever gotten in trouble by borrowing a logo. You're not making money off the logo. You're not disrespecting it. I said... But you know what? When in doubt, consult a lawyer. You'll never have a lawyer anywhere tell you that you can use a logo. However, having had this discussion many, many times in the first two years that the book came out, all of a sudden, LinkedIn said, hey, you know what? You can put the logo of your company on LinkedIn, on your LinkedIn profile, right? Right, right. And and I did, I did not have to answer that question anymore because I just said, hey, listen, if it's good enough for LinkedIn, it's good enough for me. Right. I just had it first. Absolutely. And you know that that's kind of an interesting thing. That the halo effect, I really like that because that is sort of a – that's – for me as, as sort of a pseudo-marketer, like I'm a former sales guy, but like I hung out with the marketing kids and a lot of them are my friends and things like that. And knowing about that that brand, like I knew what the halo effect was in practice, but actually hearing the, the theory and the actual like dictionary definition, I think that's absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, when it comes to, I guess, David, asking folks that, you know, who are, you know, maybe a little, are good at marketing themselves, like what, uh, what's the best way to get a marketer's attention to maybe learn something from them? Cause I know I, I love my friends and, and, and Sasha, if you're listening to this, you know, that I, I always pay full price. I always do. I don't believe in friend rates, but most of my friends, David charge between like 50 and 70 bucks an hour for their advice. And for somebody who's looking to get a little bit better at marketing, what's, What's kind of the way? I don't want to say around that, but how would you, how would you advise them to say to get the most bang for their buck if they were going to invest in in something like that? Well, um, you know, the, the 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 absolute cheapest way to get to the end line here. Mm -hmm. Most people live still live in a town that has a library, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Libraries have books. Call your librarian and ask them if they have a copy of Guerrilla Marketing for Job Hunters 3.0. Hey! <laughs> and walk over to the library and read that section in the book. What did it cost you? Depends on how you got to the library. That's it. And if you have a library card, and if you don't have any overdue books, because they might hold you, ransom. Right, right. <laughs> but it costs you nothing. You don't have to ask your marketing friends. But when in doubt and you want to ask your marketing friends, mm -hmm. you say this. I heard a guy on the radio who said, fill in the blank, what do you think? And they'll tell you. Got it. So a little bit a little bit of a bait there, if you yep. will. Got it. They'll and, tell you. You know, I'm actually really glad you said uh you said go between go to the, the library because and that and that seems like such a, a boring response, but like I live between two librarians. These guys they eat, live, breathe, everything, exude research. And, and listener, if you are not taking advantage of your local library and your local librarians, that's a huge resource that you can get, get in with. And I know that uh, 
that here, you know, in my hometown, we have a, a delightful library. There's great ones all over the Milwaukee metro area. And I certainly hope that if you're listening to this, there are great libraries by you, staffed by awesome librarians like we have. The funnest thing, I totally agree. I, I love my research librarians. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I have three former librarians who are researchers that work with us on the, the executive search side of the business. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And my uncle was the head librarian for the University of Regina. Um, but um, what I wanted to say about librarians is one of the funnest things I ever did, because I was a big mouth and got in trouble at school all the time, especially in the library. <laughs> I was the Lovely keynote. Name. I was the keynote of a Library of Canada um, a series uh, mm -hmm. about 10 years ago. About 900 librarians sitting very quietly in the amphitheater where I'm going to present. And I walked up to the mic. And I looked to the left. And I looked to the right. And I adjusted the mic. And then I leaned in and said, shh. Nice. I always <laughs> wanted to do that. <laughs> That is so great. That is. So, how did that go oh, over? Lead balloon. A lead total lead balloon. Oh, total terrible. lead balloon. You know, I might as well have been making fun of nuns. Gotcha. Well, then you get attacked with yardsticks and rulers. Nah, but... my, my my stepmother was a nun before she met my dad. So there's, I got a whole host of jokes. So I won't go there. Oh gosh, that's funny. Well, good You'll deal. Be what else so, would you like to talk about? Well, you know, there's the last one, David, and this is the one that I think has possibly the best story you have behind it. And it's about the email chain letter. And you mentioned that your daughter had to get a job at one point. And that in this story, which was, listeners, you, you did not hear our pre-interview uh, conversation, but you mentioned in this story that she was on a crazy tight deadline. Like, had to get a job for school by Friday. It's Thursday evening. It's and... Wednesday. Let's not okay, exaggerate. So... <laughs> it's Wednesday, but... but it's Wednesday evening. I'm standing in line in Detroit after I've spoken at the uh, aeronautical and automotive and aeronautical um, conference mm -hmm. at about 700 engineers. And I'm standing in line and I'm actually moving. The line is moving. I, I, I'm going to get my plane and my my vibrator, go, my Blackberry goes off. And I answer it, and it's Krista. And, and this is that I actually talk about this in the book. This is the opening of the book, mm -hmm. of, the, of, the, of the 3.0 book. And she said, hey, Dad, uh, listen, I, uh, I uh, got an assignment, got a hand in on Friday. Uh, I have to find a, uh, a summer job as an intern. Um, and, I, you know, this is worth a lot for my mark. And I said, well, like, do you know who you want to work for? She said, oh, yeah, yeah, I got my top ten list. I said, I said can you do an email chain letter? She said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll talk about that in a second. I said, okay, so you're going to do an email chain letter and then you're going to do a targeted Facebook ad campaign. She said, okay, got it. So I get on the plane in Detroit. So I'm coming to Ottawa. So naturally we fly to Philadelphia. Right. Go, go further east to come back west. <laughs> Let's go east before you go northward. So I land in Philadelphia. I'm walking to my plane and the, vibra the phone goes off again. And as Krista, she says, okay, I got the email chain letter all set up. Uh, the Facebook ad campaign's uh, good to go. Um, I just need your credit cards. Uh, fine. So I give her the number. And I said, I'll text you the uh, my PIN number. So I give her that stuff. I said, don't spend more than $10. And the $10 is for Facebook. It's not for the email chain letter. Right, right. So I um, get on my plane. I, I ride for three or four hours. I land in Ottawa. I'm coming out of um, customs, and the phone goes off. And it's Kristen. She said, it worked. I said, what worked? She said, I got two interviews. I said, bullshit. She said, no, I got two interviews. It's so crazy. 
uh, you know, and one of them was for, for Canada World Youth. So that's the one she wanted to go for. So here's how this works. You've done your top 10. You know the companies you want to work for. Mm-hmm. And maybe you haven't done the tro- Maybe you haven't done the Trojan um, um, thank you card. Maybe you haven't done the Starbucks. In fact, we suggest this if you, you do this before you do anything else because this costs you nothing. So you, you, you write an email to your friends and it says, Dear, I love you and I'm looking for a new job. And this is what I used to do, you know, a couple of sentences. And okay. these are the companies I want to look into next. And these are the accomplishments that I have that these companies might be interested in, um, in, the, in, the, in, in the email. And then you say, so what I'd like you to do is read through that list. And if you know anybody that works at any of those 10 companies, could you please call me? And let me know because I I'm doing some research. Um, and if you don't mind, when you're finished, can you please take this email and send it to ten of your friends and ask them to do the same thing I've asked you? Just clip it and ship it. Um, and by the way, nothing bad will happen to you if you don't do this. If you do, if you, you know if you right, it doesn't drop, have the drop my chain the punishment my email, thing. chain letter. There's no <laughs> nothing bad will happen to you. Uh, but something good could happen to me if you do this. And, you know, so the math is simple. You know, it's 10 right. to the power of 10 to the power of 10. And it all happens, like, within sub-seconds, right? And uh, within three hours, um, she had found somebody that she went to school with whose father knew the executive director of, oh, what's it called? Canada World Youth. And, and called her. Wow. Called and her. he called her. He called her because his daughter said to, right? And she was a friend of a friend. And, uh, and Krista had the interview on a Saturday. And I think it was the following Monday or the Monday after. I think it was the following Monday. Um, she got on, a, got on a plane and headed to the Ukraine for six months. That's wild. This is absolutely <laughs> wild. Got an A in the class, by the way. Good for her. Good for her. So, you know, I have to tell you, David, when you first described that technique to me, an email chain letter, it sent off all sorts of bells and whistles in my head because one of the things that I found that has been really a uh, a predator for the unemployed and for the underemployed are multi-level marketing organizations. You know, your doTERRAs and your uh, other, you know, MLMs, yep. if you will. And at first, I was like, "Oh, man, what is he, what is this guy going to talk about with this? Like, this chain letter stuff is is MLM uh, themed, and it's we take marketing. a firm. What's that? It's marketing. It's marketing. But you know, we take a very firm stance against multi level marketing on this show. However, the tactic that you describe, and I actually had to sleep on this decision to to, to want to talk about this with with you." Um, is non-predatory in my opinion because it doesn't actually cost people anything in this case and i think that that's really a great good thing if you will if if good things can come from mlms that i think that there's really a a way to harness that power of i guess the power of friendship if you you will to get uh, hired people are inherently good rob yeah, I mm-hmm. told you my story about growing up in the States. You know, people are inherently good and people want totally. to people want to help. The challenge when you're looking for a job is unless you know what you want to do and where you want to do it, they can't really help you. Because if you say to someone, Well, I'm looking for a job and they'll say, Well, you know, so and so I don't want to do that. Well, you know, my sister I don't want to do that. 
you know, they only got to hear, I don't want to do that three times or less. And it'll stop they, helping well, you. I yeah. got no ideas. But if you said, I want to be a project manager working in aquaculture, you know, saving salmon, and they happen to know somebody who knows somebody, they go, oh, well, that's like my cousin Shirley. You know, she works at a fish farm and blah, blah, blah. This is an actual example. And that's how it goes. People want to be helpful. You just have to help them. And it's not fair. That's why I say networking doesn't work. It's not fair to ask people to help you when you don't give them any parameters. And they try, and you keep saying, no, that's not helpful. No, that's not helpful. Well, come on. Now you're just making me feel like a moron. Now, now I'm feeling as bad as you're feeling. So don't do that to your friends. Give them some parameters. Let them help you. They want to do it. And by the way, they won't forget it. And they'll, they'll be just as likely to ask you to help them when they need it. And there's nothing worse. We've all experienced it. Probably us more than most people. We've all experienced it where we found somebody who lost their job and didn't tell anybody. Oh, it's, it's like the most frustrating thing to me. Like, I can help you. <laughs> it, it, yes. And, 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 and you know, uh, anyway, it's, you know, uh, that's what our Christmas parties are for at the house. But that's a whole nother, much longer uh, story. But we had, you know, I felt so bad. This is about 10 or 12 years ago. I, uh, we had friends that we invited to the Christmas party. And there's about 150 people that come to this party every year, sometimes more. And I accidentally found out that uh, he was unemployed. And uh, I found out because he, he asked, actually said, you know, thanks for inviting the whole family to the party because we haven't had a, you know, a decent meal in a couple of months. And I went, what? On, this is what I do for a living, right? I've written yeah. books. I would expect people to call me. I, you know, I get mad at my friends when they don't. And I, you know, I, I, I asked him and I understood the, the, the situation uh, right away. But after that, it became... Um, a thing that every year we would invite 12 or 15 clients that we had and make sure that the people that we knew that were either thinking about making a move or in between opportunities were at the party as well. And we introduced them. And the first year this happened, you know, we had a, oh, I love my clients. I had a couple of clients. Well, I actually I had all four clients call on a, on a Monday morning and said, Hey, I met so-and-so you know, at the party, and uh, he's a great such and such, and I, I think I'm going to hire him. How much do I owe you? I said, like, for what, man? No, right. <laughs> Seriously, if you want to give a donation because you're feeling bad because you don't want to, you know, because you're going to save fifteen or $20,000, because that's what a fee is, I mean, at minimum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're I big. Said, then, uh, you know, there's a, there's a ton of charities. You, you know the one that we donate to. We, we donate to the, uh, the children's hospital. Send them a check. Send them a check anonymously or do something else like that. We expect nothing. That's cool. Thanks for asking, but we expect nothing. And, you know, and this has happened, uh, it's been going on for probably 12, 15, yeah, about 12 years. And, and now what happens is um, many of those people that were in that situation that got jobs, um, they've now started doing similar things like a, like a summer barbecue or um, a Halloween thing. Sure. Where they that where they do the same thing, and and like I said, people want to help. You just have to figure out how to let them. And in, and in this case, I was just so 
ashamed of myself because I wasn't paying close enough attention to realize that he was in between opportunities. I should have right. been a, a, a better friend. Well, and that, so, for those of us that, that have that stuff, you know, we, we, we need to continue to help and reach and help elevate others. But yeah, David, I think that that is one of the, the most awesome things. I mean, now listeners, you know, you can't all pile into David's backyard for a barbecue and get, <laughs> get hired, but, <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, that's the other thing too, is, you know, make sure that you're staying engaged with your, your local friend group and your community and things like that and getting out there. It, it's so easy when you get unemployed to be like, Hey man, we got to really cut back and, and shelter in place until this blows over. But you got to keep those, those bonds up. And, and David, that, that is a perfect example of why that should be. Wow. On the money, man. Hi, listeners. This brings part two of our interview with David Perry to a conclusion. David and I had such a great conversation filled with so many tactics that took a great deal of time to cover that I wanted to make sure we didn't drop those all on you in just one giant chunk. You know, an hour and a half podcast, even for some of the longer shows out there, is a lot of time to invest. So I figured breaking this up into three smaller chunks was a far better way for you to use your time, but also to make sure that we gave the respect to all of the concepts that David introduced over the past uh, week. And of course, we'll introduce next week with part three. Not going to do triplicates here uh, very often. These are going to be a very rare occurrence, but uh, you know we might do another double before the season's out. But we wanted to make sure that every single thing in this particular conversation I had with David got to you because he has some wonderful experience to share and, again, some very original ideas. Plus, David and I have been in talks to have uh, some offers for you created from his programs, so we are definitely taking a look at how we can help make sure that your job hunt is shortened up big time, and of course, that you can find something that you enjoy doing. So thanks again for listening here. Part three next week, and then, I promise you, we will have another guest. As we draw this episode to a close, remember, you are worth more than your work. Your value to society is not dictated by what you do to pay your bills. Job hunting is difficult, no matter your age, gender, location, or background, and it's both acceptable and to your benefit to seek every bit of help in conquering this challenge. For more from Recruiting Hell, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player or our YouTube channel. And don't forget to leave a review of the show if your podcast platform allows it. It's tremendously helpful. Connect with Rob via LinkedIn. Be sure to visit recruiting-hell.com to subscribe to our newsletter. And of course, follow the show all across social media. Just look for the orange and blue flame logo. Recruiting Hell is a production of Westport Studios and is proudly made in Wisconsin. Lastly, be sure to visit and support our sponsors. They make it possible to do this show and make it better every single week. Remember, your job hunt is a marathon, not a sprint, and Recruiting Hell will be here to help you keep pace. Thanks for listening. Hey folks, it's Rob. Are you looking for a new opportunity in an up-and-coming industry that can help you get out of recruiting hell? CoinList, one of the fastest-growing companies in the cryptocurrency space, is hiring. That's right, they not only support this show because they believe in it, but they believe that there's great talent to be found in this audience. Generous comp, great flexibility, incredible benefits, a strong culture, and a powerhouse team sound like a fit for you? Head to www.coinlist.co jobs and apply today. That's www.coinlist.co.
www.recruitinghell.co/jobs. And be sure to let them know that you found them here on Recruiting Hell.